Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Today we have a guest speaker. He's a friend of mine. We went to Bible school together at Jerry Savelle's Bible School back in the late 90s, brother. It's been over two decades. And uh, we had a really good time together. Matter of fact, Jeannie, if you don't mind, put on the screen that picture. Look at us in Bible school. Wow. <laughs> Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. <laughs> Well, I'm excited to have him right in this place. Kevin Wright is his name. And before we put our hands together to welcome him, I want you to know this is a man of God. This man of God, every time we go somewhere, I'll never forget, I got to tell this quick story. We went to play basketball during Bible school, and there was a local park, and we played hoops, and it was me and him versus two other guys, and we beat those guys. Can you believe that? We won. And Kevin started uh, sharing the gospel with them. And can I be honest? I was like, Kevin, I just want to play basketball. <laughs> Kevin started sharing the gospel with them. Next thing you know, he's holding hands with them, praying and leading them to the Lord right after the basketball game. This is a modern day evangelist. The Lord has done a work in his life. And I just want you to put your hands together and welcome to this platform, Kevin Wright. Come on up here. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Kevin, have your way, my brother. And uh, take a look at him, everybody. Doesn't he look like Joel Osteen? (laughs) This is my Bible. (laughs) Oh, you can go ahead and be seated. Boy, man. You know, the reason why I led those guys to the Lord, I'm never on a winning team playing basketball. If you're playing basketball with me, you're on a losing team. We just want to make them feel better. Let them know they're going to heaven too. You know, they, well, thank you guys. The worship was really good. I thought that was Juanita Bynum up there. Boy, I'll tell you, that was good. It was good. That's a compliment. I like Juanita. It's, she's, uh, uh, I like her worship. I got her CDs. I love you guys. Welcome uh, to church today. And Pastor Devon, man, I tell you what, my, my brother, You know, there are people you meet in your life that stay in your life forever. That's that's one of those dudes right there, man. Um, He's preached at my church like three times, and he's invited me to come see you guys every time. And since we uh, closed our facility down and started doing a new phase of our ministry, I said, well, since I don't have a church building no more, I'll come to your church building. (laughs) But um, I am truly blessed. One thing I love about Pastor Devon is... uh, you know, regardless of our close friendship, he's a confidant to me. You know, we've been sharing, you know, everybody needs a confidant. Someone you can share anything with. He's been that for me. I've been that for him. But I still go to y'all's website and go to your YouTube channel and I watch the, the YouTube videos by Pastor Devon. I don't picture him as my friend when I'm on there. I picture him as a, a man of God. He feeds something in me. And you better watch out sometimes when you get used to someone as nice as Pastor Devon that you forget to respect the anointing on his life. And I just want you to know, I respect the anointing on your life. Like when I'm with you today, I respect this house. I respect your pastor. You and Stacy mean so much to us. And uh, give it up for your pastors. We love you. You know, you guys are truly blessed to have a pastor like that. And uh, it's not easy pastoring. 
all you guys would be pastors. You know what I mean? It's not easy being a pastor, and uh, it's, uh, it's tough. And that's why I, I think that I, I got, this is my 27th year in ministry. Been married 25 years to Terry Wright, and uh, hopefully she's watching today, and uh, she likes my preaching. And uh, so been married with her for uh, 25 years. I have a daughter that's turning 20. September 3rd and this is the reason why I have curly hair right now I'm, I'm gonna be 49 this year and so when it's a midlife thing I think because uh, I told Terry I can grow hair it's harvest time up here you know what I mean I'm gonna grow my hair because I can and, uh, and when it dries I throw it out like I have a fro it comes out to here who knows I might do some braids in it next time <laughs> You know, um, this is my season, all right? It's my harvest season. And I've been, I've been commanding the grays to go. Thank you. I heard that. Thank you. The famous drummer over there, internationally known, known to rock the microphone. All right, we're going to get in the Word today. I won't play around with y'all too much, all right? Um, let's uh, open our Bibles today and uh, open your iPads and open your eyelids because we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about today how to win over worry and anxiety. So I want to jump right into this because today we're going to learn how to do it. I don't care who you are, where you're from, and what you've been through. You're going to, you're going to face these two words, worry and anxiety. One day you will face it. Young, old, they don't matter. It visits every person, visits every person's house. So we're going to talk about that today. I wish I could tell you today, as a Christian, you would not have any trials or tribulations. I wish I could tell you today, oh, you're not going to go through anything. Just wait till you have some kids and then you'll know. I wish I could tell you that I have been a champion over my worry and over my anxieties ever since I became a Christian. Amen. I wish I could tell you I've been a champion over every thought. I want to be honest with you. I have not been a champion over every thought that's crossed my mind. Make me feel better. Raise your hand if you haven't been a champion. We're good up here too, by the way. Give you all a little break. Um, how many people here have not been a champion over every thought? And the ones that didn't raise your hand, you're still struggling with lying. <laughs> I wish I could tell you Worry and anxiety have never got the best of me. How many people have ever felt that way? And so I'll tell you a little bit. I'm not going to center up on uh, my testimony too much, but over it was uh, two years ago, I found myself on an antidepressant. And, and here I am, a faith man, knows how to live and walk by faith, been under the Word of God, under, you know, my spiritual father, Kenneth Copeland, and, uh, and, and, and just found myself where my body was going into a full fight or flight mode. Woke up one morning, couldn't breathe, constant panic attacks, and didn't know what was wrong with me. I remember sitting on the back porch, I turned Keith Moore on, and I started listening to that series on uh, resisting the devil. And I, I, I felt like, well, this is a spiritual attack. And so I need to get in the Word and, uh, 
And so I got in the Word for three days. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. And uh, it was a most horrible moment of my life. And I remember thinking out on that back porch, I remember my wife coming out there one day and said, I don't know what happened to my husband. I said, I don't know what happened to your husband. And uh, if you've never been there, let me tell you, I'm going to tell you how to get there and how to tell you not how to get there. All right. How many people don't want to go there? Because there was a lot of things, I, mistakes I made that allowed some of these things to come into my life. I wasn't balanced in life. You know, one of the things I think I did, I've done so many funerals as a pastor. You guys may not, it, it, you know, circumstances, trials, and especially as pastors. Um, pastor, pastoral leadership looks like at times from the outside, looks like, you know, everything looks better on Instagram, right? Come on, are y'all with me? Look at their life. They look so good. And recently, you know, I went through a bad season and I said, Terry, I'm going to post this. Because people need to know that everything's not all sunshine and rainbows. And and so I posted something up there to let people know because it looks good like pastoral. I I remember watching Jerry Savelle when I was young. I want to be like that guy. Sharp dressed. I mean, everything good happening and talking about all the good. And we just talk about all the good. But a lot of times we just don't understand that people go through stuff. And they didn't get that stuff. Don't judge a man's harvest till you've seen the, the seed they've sown. Right? And so I, I was going through a lot, a lot of funerals. Um, I mean, I look back over the years. I, went, I actually went to a counselor and uh, broke down and went to a counselor and said, I need to bounce some of my thoughts off of somebody, you know. And I always thought, you know, this, this is enough. This is all I need. But sometimes we get away from this. You can preach this and still get away from this. You can quote Scripture and still get away from this. I was there. I was a full-time pastor, pastoring, and I was away from this. Come on, even the devil knows Scripture. You can memorize Scripture. And I was away from it. And I went to a council. I got to bounce some stuff off. My nieces, they were killed in a horrible car accident by a drunk driver. I did those funerals. My, my sister-in-law is watching, I'm sure, today. And uh, after you do these funerals, you don't cry at these things. You know, pastors, they, you know, they don't yield to that. They, we harden our hearts almost. Because we got to lead people through stuff. It's tough to lead people through stuff. And, you know, my, uh, my dad dies of COVID last year. Around this time. You know, my daughter moves out. Pastoral, you know, pastor's daughter moves out. And uh, I wasn't happy with her decisions, but I, she's my baby. Come on now. You don't ever stop loving your baby. And you didn't make that good of decisions when you were that age either, did you? Pastor's daughters get it much more tougher because they're not supposed to make any mistakes. They're supposed to be flawless, right? But you weren't flawless. I wasn't flawless. So... um I ended up on these antidepressants. I, I waited two weeks before I decided to take them, and boy, I felt like a failure. Here I am on this medicine, you know, and I don't know why I'm doing this, but you know what? As I was doing it, it gave me time to get my faith together. It gave me time to reset, refocus, and get some things right in my life. Um, letting go of my church building was a big, a big decision, a big. Um, 
sacrifice for me, but I care about me more than a building. I really do. This is a building. I am the church. I needed some time away from everything. Everybody pulling, pulling on me. I need you. I need you. I needed some times. I wasn't doing sabbaticals. When you see pastors going on sabbaticals, you better rejoice. As a matter of fact, pull out some money and give them some money to go on a sabbatical. Because you want that pastor to come back to you full of encouragement, full of strength. Amen? I wasn't doing sabbaticals. I might do a week vacation, but it wasn't enough. A sabbatical is time away. And not to say that you may not need it. Not everybody knows how to get it. But man, I'll tell you right now, take time to do it. I did it. I took some time off of ministry and ministered to myself. Amen. I'm off the antidepressant. I'm off anxiety medication. I repented over some things. Amen. So I want to share with you how to do it. I want to share with you. So let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Amen. Did y'all say amen? amen? I like that. Praise God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. I believe. Hey, I believe. Amen. All right. I know what kind of church I'm in right now. Now, I don't know if I put the Amplified version on here, but we're going to teach a minute. And uh, my watch stopped working today so I can go extra long. <laughs> I think that's the King James Version. But let's read it in the King James. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought. Everybody say, take no thought. thought. I'm sure Pastor Devon's already teached on a lot of this. But I'm going to tell you right now, If I don't care how many times you've heard this. Today, you better hear it like you need to hear it. Don't don't act like you're so holy. We need this. I don't know... How much can happen in one month's time to an individual's life? I'm telling you right now, I've got, if I had a wheelbarrow full of worries, it would be a full wheelbarrow. I'm telling you, it'd be stacked full. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If I just reached over, they're that close to me right now. Even while I'm preaching, there could be a worry that close. Like, I could worry, like, they don't like you. You know? I could be I could be be worrying about anything. You could worry about anything. There are some the there are people right now afraid of butterflies. <laughs> oh my gosh. We laugh at it, but there is somebody that when they see that butterfly, they have yielded, they have took the thought of the fear of that butterfly. You know, it's like in my household, I'm a surfer. I wanted to be a pro surfer. I, I just I went and surfed Nicaragua recently. Big waves, giant waves. You want to talk about getting over fear. The waves were so big, I actually got slammed one time. But uh, this last time, busted both my eardrums. Big, big waves. But at my house, we don't watch Shark Week. You can watch Shark Week if you want to watch Shark Week. But in my house, I am a surfer. We don't watch Jaws. We don't watch Shark Week. We don't talk about the sharks. We don't yield. I do not take that thought. Because while I'm out there swimming my little arms around in the water, splashing around, I don't need to be thinking about some great white coming to eat me. Are y'all with me right now? Are y'all picking up what I'm saying? Are you understanding the words that are coming out of my mouth? 
And just saying, this is just the first scripture. I hadn't even got to anything else. <laughs> now, who's Jesus talking to here? Me. Say me. me. He says, take no thought. Somebody say, take no thought. Take well, no thought. let's see what kind of thought, because no thought would mean you can't think nothing. What It says, take no thought for your life. That's everything. Anything in your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet your body, what you shall put on, is not life more than meat and the body more than raiment. Now listen to the uh, Amplified. It says, take no thought. It says, therefore I tell you, stop being worried. Everybody say, stop worry. worry. Now this is a command. He didn't say, every once in a while, stop being worried. He says, stop worry. Somebody say, stop worry. Stop Stop being worried or anxious, perpetually uneasy or distracted about your life as to what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor what for your body to what you shall wear. Is life more than food and the body more than clothing? Clothing. Stop being anxious. We're going to get into a lot of scriptures on anxiety. I mean, I used to say out loud, I, it's always good to be a little bit anxious before you preach. That's not scriptural. Because I used to say because it makes you depend on God. Now, if I feel any kind of anxiousness, no, 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 no. I'm not anxious about nothing. Amen. I don't yield to it in any way as much as I can. I, I attack it. And sometimes worry and anxiety, don't even, it don't come like flying in your head like, oh, I'm worrying anxiety. <laughs> It's slime, sneaky. You don't even know it's worry. Until someone points it out to you, until the Word of God says, that's worry. You can be worried about... Nowadays, we say this, especially in North Carolina, they'll say it. But where I'm from in Tennessee, your aunts and your uncles, you know what the favorite thing they say when they say goodbye to you? Honey, take care. We're going to talk about that too. Now, some of y'all looked at me like, oh man, I've been saying it for years. Somebody say, I ain't taking no care. I ain't taking no care. It means don't take anxiety, don't take anxious thoughts. Don't take it. Somebody say, I'm not taking it. Come on, say it again. I'm not taking it. We ought to know what kind of thoughts that we do take and what kind of thoughts we don't take. All right, I wish when I... Uh, got married with my wife, I wish somebody had sat down with me and said, listen, when you have children, you're going to, worry is going to be a big factor that you're going to have to deal with and take care of. Because I come from a lineage of warriors. My mom, you know, she was a warrior. Anybody else had a worry mom? And it was passed down, like they just worried about anything. If you were three minutes late, They're looking, nowadays we have Life 360, make sure you're not getting in an accident. Y'all know that's worry, right? I've gotten, (laughs) I'm not going to jump, I can't jump ahead, all right? Because I really want to dig in this. Because I need to, then we can shout later. All right, we can shout later. So there are thoughts you receive, and then there's thoughts you resist. You're in worship. Like me, I can be in worship and have a bad thought right during worship. Don't y'all look at me like you're so holy up in here. You can be in worship and, and, 
And you could have a lustful thought in worship. I didn't happen today, so don't worry. <laughs> Somebody said, he's an evil pastor. I'm just saying that not everything that comes, in, that comes in your mind is because you were thinking of something or entertaining something. The devil could be, he could, you could be in worship today and be so focused on, on a song or something and get distracted and miss the whole thing that this thing's about Jesus. Who cares if you don't like the song? You should go to a church, which I loved every song. You should, because the devil could say he didn't like one of the songs. See how it works? You should go to a church where you don't like all the music. Because that means there's different people in the church. Well, I like every song. You need to find a church where you don't like every song because you ain't the only one in the room. Oh, I'm moving on. See, the pastoral anointing comes on me every once in a while. All right? There's some thoughts you receive, sometimes you re- that you resist. Some thoughts get in my head. I'm like, I can't, there's no possible way that came from me. Evil, devilish, satanic, right in the middle of the presence of God type stuff. I resist that in the name of Jesus. See, see, boom. See, it's my mind. Everybody say, this is my mind. This is my mind. I don't have to let every thought come into my mind. We're going to talk about how to win in it because back before I got on anxiety medication and antidepressant, I was allowing worries, anxieties. I didn't even, I didn't even know there would be. And one day I was so stressed, this is where the enemy got me. When I got on that antidepressant and I actually got time to get still with God, he said, you remember that day you said you felt like you were going to have a nervous breakdown? And I set it out in my mouth. But that didn't happen overnight. It don't happen overnight. Sometimes it's years. Sometimes it's decades. Sometimes it's a season. Whatever season you're in, it could be a breakup. It could be a divorce. It could be something traumatic. Someone died in your family. This is real stuff. It's real stuff. And how do we, you know, this is my mind. Why don't you go ahead and kill yourself? That, listen, these thoughts come. Young people really got it tough nowadays, man. Because they have something called an iPhone. They don't get off of it. You know, I, <laughs> I've seen people cry. I've seen kids cry over taking the iPhone away from them. But when at the funeral, they don't cry. They cry over the iPhone being taken from them like disaster has just hit their life. But at the funeral, someone has died. They ain't coming back. But when the iPhone... Ah! Boy, I'm telling y'all something. Now that, you know, nowadays, <laughs> they coming out the womb, instead of baby bottle, they get the iPhone. And we wonder why we have our kids so stressed. Take them phones away. You're ruining that kid. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? All right. Let's get back on the word. Sometimes I get off. Verse 26. It says, Behold, look at the birds. Everybody say, look at the birds. Get your attention off of worrying and anxiety. For a minute, Jesus, at most of His parables, I love that he was, in the, he was in nature. This is happening outdoors. He didn't have a music team when He preached. 
Come on, he didn't say play something churchy behind me while I'm... He, did, he, he didn't say play them drums a little bit better. He didn't, he didn't call up the worship team. His presence. And he's in nature. And he's telling his disciples, look at the birds. Somebody say, look at the birds. He gets your attention off worry and anxiety. He said, look at the birds. Um, look at the, somebody say, look at the birds. They neither sow not, nor do they reap, nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Now this morning when you came into church, you did not see a dead bird right there at the door because there was no worms and insects to eat. Did that happen? Now if we leave today and you see one, it's because he flew into the window. That's what happened. But it wasn't because there was no food. But how much more do we worry all the time over our food, our bank account, over what's going on in our life. But God said, Jesus said, look at the birds. Your heavenly Father feeds them. And He said, aren't they much more valuable? Aren't you much more valuable than them? That you're more valuable than the animals. You're you're His most prized creation. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Now when the birds don't have anything else to eat, the rapture is coming. It's coming. We're going to get raptured out of here any second. When the birds don't have anything to eat, man, this thing's about to go down. And even then, He would would supply for us. Amen. He said, look at the birds. Change your attention. Look at all. Look at my majesty, my my majestic uh, universe I've made and how I've, I've made everything happen. And, 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 and if, he, if Jesus lived in Tennessee, He would have said, go look at deer. I love watching deer. I'm a hunter. I only watch them outside of deer season. Alright, moving on. I do watch them during deer, deer season. Now you're going to get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. Everything's been so good until now, right? Alright. Some people eat cow and I eat deer. Amen. All right. And the cows, they look much more innocent. All right. Moving on. See, see, see. Now you got a thought. Cast the thought down. I think it's crazy how we take thoughts from someone who hates us with a passion named Satan, how we take his thoughts and have a hard time taking thoughts from Jesus who loved us and gave his life for us and died on a cross for us. And why can't that be more powerful than the lie? Because we have thoughts, man. We get a bump on our arm and we start planning our funeral. I'm serious. So-and-so had that bump on their arm. They died. I'm going to tell y'all something. Um, I was setting up for deer season and I got a tick on me. And all of a sudden I heard the devil say, Lyme disease. (laughs) See, worriers worry about everything, right? It don't matter what it is. It could be a pimple and you think it's cancer. Oh, it won't pop. What's wrong with it? And so I got this zit. I, I mean, not zit. <laughs> I got this tick. And I pulled it off. Well, a big whelp came up around the zit, uh, around, <laughs> around the tick. 
Lord, have mercy. And I looked at the worst thing you can do is Google. Google is the devil's playground. I Googled it. It said Lyme disease rash. Oh, Lyme disease rash. Oh my God, what is going Oh, I don't think I feel good right now. Do I have a fever? <laughs> you guys are bringing all this out of me, I promise you. I don't act like this everywhere. I gotta get to urgent care. <laughs> I gotta get to urgent care. Why are you here? Well, I'm worried about this rash on my leg. Tick bit me. Man, this is so true. It is so true how we act. Now, I'm not saying it wouldn't be wisdom. God did not give us a spirit of fear. What? But of love, power. A sound mind may say, go get it checked out. Come on. But don't go in fear. I'm going to tell you all the truth. I went. They said, that's a Lyme disease rash. Here's antibiotics. Come on. But I went, but I promise you this. I was not in fear. I said, I'm going to... Wisdom... All right, I got hit by a shark one time. Y'all want to go swimming in the ocean now? No. I got hit by a shark. My friend said, Kevin, I was sitting on my surfboard, and I was sitting on the board. Some of y'all, this is it for y'all, for the beach. (laughs) This is it. This is it. And I was sitting on my board, waiting for the set to come in, and one of my friends said, Kevin! Now look, and the fin is already right near my board. The shark hits me. Bam! Hits me. Turns me a 360. Takes his tail. Like this in my face. I went. I couldn't get my scream out. I went. "Ah." Ah." I couldn't get my scream out. I get on my board. Yeah, you do Jaws. You know it. A little bit darker, a little bit darker. There it is, there it is. It's the way I felt. He hit me. Yes, that's it. And I paddled in like this. And I get in, and my friend comes in, what happened? I said, I just got hit by a shark. He said, you okay? I said, yeah, man. Praise God. He paddles out. The sound mind says, don't go out. We forget about the sound mind. There is a sound mind that says, hey, it's okay to go get a checkup. All our, our faith guys, they do it. You think they don't, but they do. They get checkups. And for the longest time, I thought, well, nobody goes to the doctor. Yeah, they do. Just don't go in fear. Whew. Now, here's the scripture I got on with the Lyme disease. If I drink or... Eat anything deadly will not harm me. I said, if anything that tries to eat me is not deadly or harm. You know, you know what I'm saying? Amen. It's mental warfare. This is mental warfare. It's knowing the thoughts that come across your mind. It's 
judging those thoughts. It's dealing with those thoughts. And look here, verse 28 says again, and why you take thought. All through this verse, I'm going to skip through it all. You'll have to go back and read it. It says, why do you take thought? Why do you take this thought? Why take thought saying what you may eat? Why take thought what you shall put on? Why seek ye first the kingdom of God and and all these will be added unto you. So what should we seek? We seek first the kingdom of God. Now, let's go to 1 Peter. When you get there, say, I got it. 1 Peter chapter 5. Y'all know where I'm going, but I need to go here all the time. When have... This is what I told my wife. Sometimes as a pastor, I could feel hypocritical when I'm preaching something and I haven't... That I've lost battles. I've, I've lost some wars in the battle between my ears because I didn't do what I preach. That doesn't make me a hypocrite. Right? Because the devil would want me to say, don't, don't preach that. Because while I'm preaching this, I'm building my faith all over again. I get The Lord's going to build your faith and my faith is built all over again. And I'm reminded each day I've got to get a hold of this. Alright? And uh, are y'all there? In 1 Peter chapter 5, I think I want to go... Uh, before I just jump right to seven, uh, let me see what time it is. Devon's, Pastor Devon said I have till twelve forty-five. He said I cast that thought down. <laughs> let's go. You know, let's uh, go with verse seven. Cast all your care upon Him because He cares for you. That's King James. Everybody say all. Cast all your care upon Him. And the Amplified Version says, casting all your cares, all your anxieties. Everybody say all. How much of your anxieties should you hold on to? How much worry should you have in your life? Worry free. Anxiety free. Casting all your anxieties, all your worries all your concern. Well, I'm just concerned if this happens. I'm telling you, I struggled with this with my daughter, my, my precious daughter, man. When she moved out, I was so concerned and worried. It robbed my joy. It robbed my peace. She's my little girl. And, and the hardest thing that I think that I've ever had to go through, and I think if there is something of biblical suffering. It's not sickness. It's not poverty. It's none of that. But there is dying to your flesh. There is a suffering in it. It's when you want to pick the phone up and call and see how they're doing and you don't. Because you trust God. Boy, come on. When you want to look at Life 360 all day long, but you don't. See, I'm, I'm breaking free from this cycle that the enemy was trying to take me on year after year of trying to control everything in my life. And really what God only wants me to do, He wants me to seek Him first. He didn't go say, stare at your problems. Be concerned. I'm just so concerned. I'm, no, I have no concern over this. Amen. Well, what if they die? My, my, dad, my dad went on to be with Jesus fighting COVID. It was not the way to go. But I don't know if he just sat in that hospital room and said, man, I'm tired of this mess. I'm up out of here. And how many people know that it, I wouldn't mind going either? 
How many people like the world we live in right now? It is crazy. It would be nice just to be raptured out of here. And let's go home to be together as one big happy family and enjoy life. But that's not the world we live in. And so we, but Jesus gave us instructions. Here's how you're going to take care of this. Here's how you're going to get out of it. Amen? Amen. Cast all your cares upon Him. All your worries. Once for all. Once and for all. It's a one-time deal. You, you get rid of it. Cast it. To cast is violence. I'm giving it to Him. Cast it. Get rid of it. Somebody say, get rid of it. Because He cares about us. Now, here's where I'm going to give you the definition of worry or an anxiety. Because if you know how evil worry really is, and how demonic and how Satan has sent worry to destroy your life and my life, there are major physical results and effects of worry. It kills people, heart attacks, anxieties, depression, and, and the list goes on. Your immune system comes down, you're just you're distraught, it paralyzes people. And when I looked up the definition and found the definition and realized that's exactly what this thing does. Y'all wanna it comes from uh, the German word. Um, it comes from a German word, and it means this. To choke or strangle, it means, uh, I think it's virgin is the German word. Choke or strangle. Somebody say choke, choke. or strangle. strangle. Well, you th- this is the real meaning of worry. To choke or strangle. And when you realize that and go anytime you're worrying or having anxiety, it's choking something out of your life. It's choking something. It's causing you to submit. Now, I'm a jiu-jitsu guy. I'm working on my brown belt in jiu-jitsu. See, he knows world champs. I'm trying to be. He can call Daniel to come help him. But I know what submission is. A neck choke or a ghee choke. It's to choke the oxygen, the life out of something. Choke is a real word. Worry does that to your joy. It does it to your encouragement. And we're going to find out. It says to choke or worry. Now check this out. It means to harass by tearing, tearing, biting, or snapping, especially at the throat. To shake or pull at with teeth, like a terrier dog worrying a rat. To touch or disturb something repeatedly. To change the position of or adjust to repeat pushing or hauling. To assail with rough or aggressive attack or treatment. Listen to this. Torment. Everybody say torment. torment. Worry is torment. It won't leave you alone. You won't be able to go to bed. You better deal with it. And I'm going to teach you in the next few minutes how to deal with it. I don't have five days to break it all down, but I'll tell you, this is enough to get you started. And enough to get you flowing the right direction, torment, to subject to persistent nagging attention or effort, to afflict with mental distress or agitation. When my daughter used to struggle with this, we'd put Scriptures up and have her quote the Scriptures every night before she went to bed. She'd quote the Scripture, I am not stressed. I refuse to be anxious. I don't worry about nothing. And we, 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 we started to just drift from that. Slowly. 
slowly but surely just drifting away from what we know is right. you got kids that struggle with this, you get them some confessions. Before they go to bed at night, you have them confess these Scriptures over and over and over. You do the confession over and over and over and over until they actually believe in what they say. Are you with me right now? Serious business. This stuff hurts and kills people. It kills people. I can't tell you how many young people Suicides I've done because of this word worry. From bullying, from worried about what people think of them. Serious. And now that you know how serious it is, you'll know. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, what do we do? Verse 4. I don't know if I gave it. Yeah. For our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to pulling down strongholds. Our weapons are not carnal, but... It, yes, keep it right. Our weapons are not... Our weapons are warfare. Everybody say warfare. warfare. Where's it at? In between the ears? Are not carnal. We don't fight carnality with carnality. When my daughter moved out that night with her boyfriend, I wanted to go out and do some carnal warfare. I promise you. I was not a pastor. I did not yield to the Spirit. I yield to the flesh. And if I could have got my hands on somebody that night, pastor would have went to jail. It's a true story. It is a true story. I am not perfect. If you're looking for a perfect pastor, you won't find him standing on this stage. I had my choice words to let him know. My mental warfare started with my words. But it wasn't to the devil. Maybe it was to the devil. Come on. And how many fathers in here know what I'm talking about? There is nothing comfortable. There's nothing holy about it. It is straight up evil in your face. You can't do nothing about it. My wife's crying in the yard. Three in the morning. I'm going to kill somebody up in this thing. They're about to be a white-on-white crime right here. It's about to go down right here. And the Lord did a miracle that night. The boy did not get out of the car because if he would have, I'm a pastor, I can do funerals. That is the truth. I did not do what this Scripture says. Next verse. Casting down. Imaginations. (laughs) I did not cast down imaginations. I invited every evil work into my home. Where there is strife, there's what? Every evil work. Satan came in. I can see him right now. I'm serious. That night, the devil was like this. (laughs) Yes! I got him. I got him. And boy, I had a repentance. It took me three days to repent. So you don't repent the first thing sometimes. It takes you time. Processing. Casting down thoughts. Depressed. I I don't know about y'all, when I'm going through something, I mow grass. How many people mow grass when you go through? I'm on the lawnmower. (laughs) I'm serious. I'm crying on the lawnmower. I'm telling the devil... I hate you. I cussed at him. 
Pastor done cussed. He ain't never going to have me back. This pastor, this is it. He's like, what kind of friends did Pastor Devon have? He's a sinner. How dare you allow this sinner to come in here and preach to us? He don't even live what he preaches. Casting down imaginations. About third, fourth day, I started casting down imaginations. And the Lord saying, Kevin, you better get in the love walk. I am not a perfect human being. It takes time for me to humble myself and get right with the Lord and, and, and thank God that my church didn't hear or see anything that's happened. I wouldn't even go to my church that night. I would not go to that church. Maybe again, I would like to. I was like, if I was a husband and saw my pastor act like that, and I'm a husband, I got kids, I was like, I want to go to that dude's church. I know exactly how he feels. I want a pastor that will fight if he has to. I don't know about y'all, but that'd be my church. If you ain't, if you're too holy to get out of that Hugo Ball suit and get it on in the street. <laughs> Pastor, I promise you, I'm almost done. No weapon formed against us. Amen? Now, here's the word casting down. I want to get back to the word. Get, out of the, get back from the flesh. Get back to the word. Somebody say casting down. Casting down. Same casting down that we see. Cast, cast all your cares. Casting down. That this is how we win over it. Casting down. Even that night, I could have been better. I could have been the dad that says, girl... Go find out the hard way. And went in there and got it in tongues and went ahead and handled it in tongues. That would have been the proper thing to do, right? Handled it in tongues. Because I didn't know what to pray. I didn't know what to... I had a lot to say. But I, I wanted... That would have done it right there. And the interpretation was, do not kill him. We have imaginations that worries and thoughts create images, imaginations, you're going to die, your kids are never going to walk with Jesus, uh, that you're never going to overcome, you're never going to prosper. I grew up very poor, and uh, none of, nobody in my family had money growing up. We, see, back in the day when I was growing up, we, uh, we were on welfare, I lived in the inner city, and we had paper food stamps. They don't have those anymore. But when we had paper food stamps, we'd go to the store and we had to watch who saw us because everybody knew those were the poor kids. Now you have a card and you can go in and be like, bam. What's up, bro? <laughs> but back when I grew up, you had the Monopoly money and you're breaking it down. A lot of people don't know nothing about this, Pastor. I ate mayonnaise sandwiches. We didn't have meat to put on them. I'm not, I'm telling you. I've been there. And, 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 and there's times the devil will tell me, you ain't never going to prosper. You're never going to go anywhere with your life. You're just a loser. Look at you. You lost your church. It's been a season of letting go. That's what I was going to say earlier. Now the Lord brought me back. It's been a season of letting go. Have you ever been through that season? It's a sign. I mean, you're just holding on to everything. And, and all of a sudden, it's being stripped from your hands. And you can't do anything about it. But give it to God. Yeah. Cast your cares on Him. Yeah. I, give you, I give you all of this, Lord. It's too big. And then, then the Lord says, Woo! Now we can work. Now I can go to work. As long as you've got your hands on it, God ain't going to go to work. He's a gentleman. He responds to faith. You better get in faith. And faith says, I'm letting go and I'm letting God. That's not just cliche. 
There's a spiritual principle in letting go. Do you have something in your life right now that you need to let go and let God? I guarantee if it's not now, it will be soon. Casting down every thought and every imagination is all self against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Captivity means prisoner. I'm taking thoughts prisoner so they don't take me prisoner. Come on, somebody. In Philippians 4, verse 4, what time I got till serious, Pastor? I want to honor it. In Philippians 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, You can't rejoice in the Lord and have your joy worried and concerned and anxious about everything in your life. I'm so joyful most of the time, it only takes three seconds to know I'm battling something because people go, something's wrong with Kevin. I'm happy that that much in my life. And recently, man, I just, whoo, whoo. Y'all ever been there? Oh, man. That kind of stuff, like, whoo. And it's there, and I just want to yield to the grief, and I want to yield to the crying. I want to just cry, and I want to yield to it. And and everything in me is saying, nothing's working, and nothing's working. God ain't working. The Word ain't working. It's all the devil's lie. And I have to rebuke and resist and say, no, all the promises of God are yes and amen. My God causes me to triumph. I win in this. Grace shall be the peace of my children. My child will be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of their children. Now I owe my daughter some money because I brought her up in a sermon. I always give her 20 bucks every time I bring her up. <laughs> Philippians 4 says, says, be careful for nothing. Don't be anxious in, in, for nothing. When is it a good time to be anxious? Never. When is it a good time to be concerned? Never. When is it a good time to worry? Somebody say it again. Never. Never. Don't be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, and the Amplified says, every circumstance, every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God and the peace of God. The peace that reassures the heart, that peace, and I love this, which transcends all. All understanding. Check this out. I'm going to end right here. I'm going to end right here. Now, are y'all ready for this? The peace of God surpasses what? Our understanding. I don't understand why I'm going through this. I don't understand. Listen, I don't understand why someone in my family is making these decisions. And those decisions I could allow to affect me very bad. Or I could say, the peace of God protects my mind and my heart and transcends all understanding. It surpasses it. That means I'm not leaning to my own understanding. How many people know God works when, he don't even, when it don't even look like He's working? And He also, because I'm a prayer warrior, He works all things out for those who love Jesus all to the good. So I say to every situation, it's working out to the good. I like just the part, it's working out. No matter what it looks like. No matter what the doctor said, it's working out. I didn't understand my dad passing away, boy. I, 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 have, I am, for the lack of a better word, vehemently 
against sickness. I hate sickness. I told my mom, I said, if you want to die, just go to sleep one day. I am vehemently against sickness. My first time I ever raised something from the dead was a dog. A dog got hit in traffic, died. My friend's dog, I went out there and raised it from the dead. Commanded to live and not die. The dog popped up like this and took off running. That's a true story. Don't, y'all don't believe me. If you can't raise a dog from the dead, why even pray for somebody else? I started practicing on animals. Matter of fact, the first sermon I ever preached was to squirrels, dogs. I was walking down Astronaut Boulevard where I'm from and I was preaching anything. All of a sudden, squirrels came to Jesus and that's how she said. Y'all almost believe that. You're like, the squirrels. The Word of God guards my heart and my mind. I'm not going crazy. Dude, I remember growing I mean, I, I hated this song. Y'all gonna make me lose my mind up in here. Well, I ain't losing my mind. So you need to change it with something else. Like, I got the wisdom of God up in here, up in here. <laughs> oh. But you know, we used to sing that stuff and act like it's, you know, I, I mean, back in that era, I, I would listen to all that. And uh, you listen to these lyrics, you know, but it's not. That's exactly what the devil wants. How many people he knows ever lost their mind? Somebody say, I'm not losing my mind. I'll, I'll end here. John 14, 1. Do not let your heart be troubled, afraid or cowardly. Believe confidently in God and trust him. I like this because it's, it's usually a funeral scripture. Do not let your heart be troubled. But that's exactly what worry and anxiety does. It troubles your heart. Jesus says, do not let your heart be troubled, afraid or cowardly or anxious or worry, you know, worry-free. Believe in God and trust Him. What do we do about worry and anxiety? We believe God and we trust God. So we look at the situation and we say, I'm believing God. I trust God. I cast my cares upon you. I will not worry about this. I will not touch this. I will not pick it up. My dad was famous for saying, Kevin, when you give God something, don't go take it right back out of his hands. And we take it right back out of his hands with worry, doubt, unbelief. And here's what I did. My counselor is a Christian counselor. And he says, I want you to take time. I want you to grab your family, your daughter. I want you to walk picture yourself walking up to the father and just giving him your daughter and saying Lord she's yours you love her more than me my job now is to be in faith and trust you and everything's going to work out for the good in Jesus name come on there ain't nothing like a family battle there ain't nothing like a family battle there ain't nothing like it when you're battling for your children, you're fighting for your kids, you're fighting for your marriage, you're fighting for, ain't nothing like it. But you can do it. Somebody say, I can do all things through Christ. Bow your head for a minute. Just say this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my mind. I give you my heart. Today, I give you every worry. Every anxious thought. Every situation, every situation, every circumstance, every, circumstance, every, concern, every concern, every bill, every bill 
every doctor's report, every fear, I give it all to you. I cast my cares upon you. In the name of Jesus, I refuse, I resist all thoughts that are contrary to the truth, which is the Word of God. I take the Word of God as the sword of the Spirit and, 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 and I quench with the shield of faith all the fiery darts that the enemy is throwing against me. I refuse to be in condemnation for past mistakes and failures. I am cleansed by the Word of God. I am forgiven by Jesus' blood. I am healed by Jesus' blood. I have the victory because of that covenant. That blood covenant gives me victory in every circumstance, in every situation. I have the victory. I win in the battlefield of my mind. Anxiety, get out of my life forever. Oh, Jesus. Depression, leave. I will no longer, after this day, yield to depression. I am depression free. I am anxiety free. All of the chemicals in my body, in my mind, line up to the Word of God. The chemicals in my mind are balanced. They are balanced. I have a chemically balanced mind. In the name of Jesus, I am anxiety free. I have no anxious thoughts. I am free in my mind. I see good things happening to me. Not bad things. I see good things happening to my children. Not bad things. My child will never be at the wrong place, at the wrong time, with the wrong people. They're always at the right place, the right time, with the right people. I bind every satanic influence that comes near my family, that comes near my child. I have discernment. I I see deception. I have the mind of Christ. I see like God. I hear like God. I'm a child of God. I hear His voice. In the voice of a stranger, I will not hear. In the name of Jesus. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead. Thank you.